Welcome to Preheated, kitchen wisdom and friendly chat from two friends who love to bake. I'm Stefan Cohn. And I'm Andrea Ballard. Every week, we celebrate the successes, failures, learning, and laughs that go hand-in-hand with baking for those we love. On today's show, we're continuing our month of breakfast bakes with not one, but two recipes for the savory breakfast lovers in your life, yogurt biscuits and jalapeno cheddar scones. We'll also review our breakfast biscotti from last week and share some of our Facebook fans' morning favorites. So grab a cup of coffee and get ready for some sweet talk. Stefan, my inbox has been flooded this week with a link to a Huffington Post article about the benefits of baking for other people. Have you seen it? I have seen this. I've seen it on my regular feed, and then you sent it to me, and it's fascinating. I really enjoyed it. I read through it, and I saw myself in so many places, but especially on the section about mindfulness. So, you know, the topic of mindfulness is a big deal these days and everyone talking about how, you know, when you're in the moment, you need to really be in the moment and not distracted by a million different things. Um, Meditation was mentioned. I am a horrible meditator. (laughs) There's nothing about it that appeals to me. I don't enjoy sitting still and just thinking my thoughts. Um, And so sometimes I feel kind of bad about that, like, wow, you know, I really should learn to meditate or something. But I've always told myself that I get it in other forms. That's right. And mm-hmm. reading this article, they talked about the mindfulness of baking and how when you're focused on something and you're in there in the kitchen and you're working on it, and especially if you're baking something for other people, that it really is a form of mindfulness. I, I agreed as well. I saw myself in that article in so many places. And another way that it cropped up, I don't know if you've heard of the the love languages. That's kind of a mm-hmm. another um, self-help thing that's been going around. And one of the love languages is um, is food. And I see myself as expressing my love for people in my life through baking for them and cooking for them. And it's a very, you know, there's a reason it's called comfort food, I think. We really do associate food and treats with with someone loving you. It's it's a it's a lovely thing. Yes. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, as to the meditation, I think that's absolutely spot on. You know, that the quantamine is a really good example of that, too, that you really had to concentrate on that. And then you're you're rolling it out. And, and there's not a lot of room for other thoughts to invade your mind at that point because you're yes. concentrating so much. Yes. Um, and yeah. I have so many clear examples of where things can go wrong when I'm not mindful. Oh, and, yeah, you know, yeah. when I when I try to bake as I'm squeezing in 14 different other tasks in my yep. kitchen and yep. that's, you know, that's when I skip an entire step or I, um, you know, turn my timer off and accidentally turn my oven off and make brownie soup. And yep. so, yeah. you know, it's really a, a good reminder that, um, you know, meditate however you want to do it. But if you find your meditation to be in the kitchen baking for yourself or the people you love, then we're on board with that. Absolutely. Yeah, I loved that article. The other thing I wanted to ask you about, I made a great cookie this week. It was called Snowy Topped Brownie Bites. Mm. Now, of course, you'll see I invoked a loophole there. Uh, you know, listeners who've been with us for a while know that brownies are my number one dessert, and I 
have always claimed that I don't bake them and leave them in my house because I'll eat the whole pan. So, mm, But the when brownie I'm, bite really is its own category, isn't it, Andrea? Well, and it was in a cookie cookbook. So yeah, right. It's, it's not a brownie, <laughs> oh, and I will go to my death fighting for that. Um, it was in my, my Dory Greenspan, Dory's Cookies book that I am just um, baking a storm out of. And here was the thing that was um, – threw me for a little bit of a loop is you bake the cookie or and it's you know you're kind of a regular brownie recipe a little bit of a riff on it um you chill the dough you roll it into balls and then you dip it in confectioner sugar or powdered sugar and then you bake it so uh, when, okay yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so when mine came out of the oven they did not look the way i wanted them to look the picture in the cookbook was just this snowy white powdery confectioner sugar whereas mine was melted and in kind places, of gluey right yes, yes. and kind of creamy yes so um i posted on that food 52 um baking group that i'm following where we're all cooking from dory's cookbooks yeah and one person recommended to me that King Arthur flour makes a non-melting confectioner's sugar. So that was my question for you. Have you ever heard of this or used it? I haven't, but leave it to King Arthur to have some product like that in their lineup. Yeah, I went to their website. I did find it. In their picture, they have it on a donut, which I thought, okay, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to pull a donut hot Hot. out of the, the... I hate to use the word grease, but let's be honest. The deep That's fryer. That's what it is. Yes. Thank yeah. you. The deep fryer. <laughs> and if you're going to put powdered sugar on it, you need something that won't melt. The um, comments from people who had purchased it were not glowing. A lot of people said it had either a strange texture or a strange taste. Another reader on my post made the comment about, well, why don't you just toss them in the confectioner's sugar again? And I thought, well, yeah, why not? I mean, worst case, I just have a little too much sugar on my brownie bites. So that's what I did. I just took them all. I threw them in a Ziploc bag. I dumped in like a quarter cup of confectioner's sugar. I shook the bag up. I put it in the back of my bicycle, and I rode my bike over to my friend's house and delivered those to her for her birthday. What? And just, um, pe- pe- wait, just this whimsical yeah. picture you've just painted. <laughs> was your hair tied back with a little kerchief and a basket of flowers on the front as well? <laughs> yeah, right. I know. No, this is this is just my. Um, effort to bake as much as I want, but um, not eat everything that I bake. So with a great um, delivery system too. Yeah. So not only was I giving most of my brownie bites away, uh, don't get me wrong, I think I might have had four to six before I packaged them to give away. But I I then um, included a nice long bike ride for the delivery. So that's just part of my strategy for coping with preheated (laughs) baking schedule. (laughs) Yeah, right. And so what does Dory consider the bite size? Because I in the, you know, you'll see those bite and and I sometimes disagree with the size of a bite. How big are you talking? Yeah, so I did the medium size scoop, um, which I think holds, I want to say about two and a half tablespoons, or maybe it's two and a half teaspoons. That's a big difference. Um, They weren't huge. I did think they were bite size. Okay. And All then right. I was out, you know, by the very end of the batch, I had an, not enough dough to make a whole another sheet. So I used my really big scoop to make one really big one just to see how that would turn out. And I did think it was pretty, but it definitely wasn't a bite. It was a big one. 
Now that sounds like my bite size. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, The problem with bite size is that I just eat more. So yes, it's easy to just say, well, this is, you know, five of these is really only one real cookie. Yes. Right. Yeah. 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 And as to the confectioner's sugar, I'm really interested to hear from people who maybe make like those Mexican wedding cakes or, you know, because that's a confectionery sugar issue as well. I'm I'm racking my brain here. I don't think I make a cookie with that coating. I've certainly eaten them, but I I haven't run into that problem. I I have on the donut, so I know what you're talking about there. Um, But as far as a cookie goes, I'm interested to hear from from our listeners as well if how they how they combat that. But so it's interesting well, that that she shows you a picture of a beautiful confectionery coated mm-hmm. cookie, but then, but then the instructions clearly say to put it on first. So something. well, and that's what I thought. Maybe I maybe I missed something. You know, maybe I I misread this or I wasn't very mindful when I was baking. And I went back and no, I mean, sure enough, toss the dough around in the sugar until well coated and place on the baking sheet. And then bake. So mm. you're baking it with that confectioner yep, sugar yep. on it. You definitely oh, are. look, I just, I just realized too. I I gave you the wrong name of the recipe. It's not snowy topped brownie drops. It's snowy topped brownie. I'm sorry. It's not bites. It's drops. Oh well. Now, how do you feel about your brownie? <laughs> <laughs> Does this language change? Change your thoughts about them. <laughs> it's, it's a little mini brownie. Mm, I think I like bites better than drops. I do too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something about that. Well, thanks for another um, great update from that cookbook too. I know you're you're working your way through it, and I think several people are following that Food Fifty Two as well. Yeah, I'm having a blast with it. It's a really good one. So speaking of Dory's cookies cookbook, she was the author of our breakfast biscotti recipe that we made this week, and we're going to talk about how that went for us. Um, Andrea, I know you're a really big biscotti fan. I am not a coffee drinker, and so I have historically not eaten a lot of biscotti because I think one of the fun things that you do is is dip them into um, your cup of coffee. I don't really feel the same way about dipping it into tea. I don't think the flavors are very compatible there. Dipping it into cocoa would be delicious. Um, this recipe I loved because I had everything for it, and I talked about that last episode. I just went to my pantry and I had everything. I just I love that. I do and too. It came together very quickly. One thing that I did is I set aside a portion and I only baked them once. So they become much more like a soft cookie. And personally for me, I like that texture better than the really crunchy crispy. But the rest of my family liked the crunchy crispy. My husband is a coffee drinker. He ate several of them. And it was it was a big hit. It was um, good flavors. I liked there was a lot of orange zest here. I liked that flavor. The only modification I made was that I added a generous quarter cup of chocolate chips because because why not? (laughs) Because you can just stop right there. Okay. So going backwards, though, I have a question. So the way the recipe is written, you bake the log of biscotti once. You pull it out to cool for 30 minutes. You slice it into biscotti cookies, and then you bake it a second time. So are you saying you skipped the second bake? On some of them, yes. I just put aside oh. a portion that I knew I was going to eat, okay. probably about half a dozen, and I sliced them up like I was going to do the next step, which I which I did for the majority. But then at that point, I was just done with the cookie. And mm-hmm. it's it's definitely cooked. It's kind mm-hmm. of a light blonde color, but it's more of a cookie cookie texture. So it's just more chewy and soft. Okay. And I just like that. I thought all of these ingredients worked well 
in that application, you could kind of see how they might just be a variation on um, almost like a oatmeal cookie. Mm-hmm. And those were the ones that I enjoyed the most. But the crispy turned out beautifully as well. I don't think I got 40 of them, though, Andrea. She says it makes about 40. I'm seeing if I wrote down how many I got. I got about 30. And I, yeah. I thought my measurement was pretty good, too. So, Yeah, I did not um, place my two logs far enough up apart from each other, even though she she says place each piece a few inches away from one of the long sides, leave room between the pieces, they'll expand. But even then, I didn't have enough space between them. And so um, mine did kind of spread and touch each other, which was not a big deal, but still. Um, So she's not kidding around about that instruction then. Yeah, Yeah. I thought they really did spread and expand. And so as they expand, to me, that doesn't make more cookies uh, because they just get wider. They don't get taller. It just makes longer cookies. You know. Oh, well, maybe my logs were just a little bit too um, not so wide enough to begin with. Yeah, or maybe not, not long enough because each log would need to make 20 cookies. Yeah, and, and yeah. mine made like 15. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I mean, that's – I actually – I'm not sure what I ended up with as far as number, but I, I did – I know I did end up with uneven sizes because as I was slicing, um, instead of the cranberries, I used those dried sour cherries, and they're a lot bigger. And I didn't want to slice through them because I knew then it would – you know, the knife would kind of pull it out and leave a hole. So my slicing yeah. kind of depended on the placement of my cherries. Um, a couple of other modifications I made. I did not use the cinnamon. I mean, she said it was optional, so I skipped that. Uh, <laughs> I did use the grated zest of an orange. She yep. said that was optional, but I thought that added really good flavor. Me too. Um, with the one cup of granola, I used a store-purchased brand, and it was coconut almond. Mm. And since it had so many almonds in it, the next ingredient was a quarter cup of almonds. I skipped that because I had so many almonds in my granola and I didn't want too many. Um, And the one thing that made that a little bit tricky is the almonds in the granola were whole and I didn't think to chop them. And so, again, when I went to slice, I had to kind of maneuver around these whole almonds. So that was a little bit tricky. Yeah, good point. And I used the slivered almonds in the actual recipe. I think that would be better. Yeah. Yeah. And one point about your granola, too, is that I used a homemade granola that I really like. But frankly, I couldn't really tell the granola in this recipe. So I don't think you need to stress if you're just, you know, using a really basic granola I recipe. Yeah. Um, I think mm-hmm. there's maybe some added crunch there, but I it, it wasn't like I was like, oh, well, I clearly used my homemade granola in this. Like I, I just couldn't tell that. So yeah. And her only comment about the granola was um, don't use one that maybe has a lot of dried fruit in it because, the, you know, the dried fruit and then you're baking it twice, like it's going to get really dried out. Yeah, so. good point. And in fact, I just kind of plucked out the dried fruit that was in my granola. Oh, okay. Which was a little time consuming, but I, yeah. <laughs> Um, but anyway. I I loved this cookie. I mean, as I made it, I remembered how much I love biscotti. I do love it with my coffee. I don't like dunking it in my coffee for okay. some reason. That kind of grosses me out. Yeah. Because yeah. No, I, me too. Yeah. I don't like it when like slivers of the crumbs fall in the coffee. Yeah. Um, because then it's like you're drinking. I, anyway. No, it, I get you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do like it at the same time as I have my coffee. I thought it was really good. And 
What I really loved about this recipe is the fact that um, I finished it up last night, which I think is a solid six, maybe even seven days after I made it, and it was still just as good. Oh, absolutely. And that's, we talked about that last episode too, that that's the whole point. Like they're Mm -hmm. supposed to be crispy and crunchy. And so they're going to, they're going to keep really well. This would be another cookie, of course, that you could mail to someone. We had talked, you know, way back in like episode, I don't know, five or six about cookies Mm -hmm. that were good to ship and, and store and would keep well. And this would be a great one. Yeah. Um, for my family review, I'll let you know that I um, took a batch of these, and for my daughter's volleyball game, I was in charge of snack, because, you know, you can't have a child's sport these days without a snack after, mm-hmm. um, you know, God forbid I do know. Yes. 45 minutes without food. <laughs> so um, I packaged up, a, you know, a couple of oranges and some cheese sticks and some biscotti, and my daughter was like, Mom, you can't bring biscotti. That's so weird, you know? <laughs> And I said, well, you know, they don't have to eat it if they don't like it kind of thing. And so um, I really enjoyed as the kids were sitting down to eat. I had just heard all these kids, what is this, you know? And I did. There were 10 kids. And I noticed when I was cleaning up that there were four biscottis left over. So four of the kids did not even try it. I oh. think they just looked at it and thought, that is too weird for me. But um, of the six kids who did try it, they ate it all. And one of the kids came up to me later and said, I loved that cookie. It was so good. Can you give my mom the recipe? Oh, that's awesome. I made sure my daughter heard that. I repeated that piece to her. (laughs) And, you know, there's so many cookies to choose from. You don't have to, you know, modify much to make a kid happy. But one, I know you had talked about your um, listener, Kobe, had given you some biscotti dipped in chocolate. And, you know, that's one reason I added chocolate chips. You add Mm -hmm. chocolate chips to almost anything. My son will eat it, you know. So um, it's, it's an easy addition that I think would also work work great. Yeah, she dipped hers in chocolate and then um, dipped the chocolate in slivered almonds. So it was really pretty. And what I also liked that Kobe did was she only dipped the bottom half in mm-hmm. chocolate. And so mm-hmm. it, it gives you a nice handle. You're not having to hold it on the chocolate part. Yeah, because then it's melting on your fingers and it's mm-hmm. getting gooey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it worked out really well. I thought that was a, a great way to do it. So I definitely give this uh, breakfast biscotti recipe a big thumbs up. I thought it was really, really good. I love that it was just as good, you know, a week after I made it. And um, I certainly did not limit myself to having them at breakfast. Let's, let's be, yes, let's be clear on that. The title you can ignore. Yes. <laughs> Anytime biscotti. So that recipe, we have a link up on our website, preheatedpodcast.com. We've got that up on our Pinterest pages. And if you let us know how that worked for you, if you have other biscotti variations, we'd love to see them as well. Yes, definitely. Moving into a little bit more of a traditional breakfast bake um, are this week's recipes for the Bake Along With Me. We've actually got two for you, and they're more on the savory side of things. So we're going to be doing yogurt biscuits, and that comes from Mark Bittman. And he is the author of How to Bake Everything, How to Cook Everything. He was a New York Times food columnist, so he's got some really great recipes and been around for a long time. And we're also doing jalapeno cheddar scones. And we picked the recipe from Smitten Kitchen, which is a great food blog if any of you follow that one. So for those of you who, like myself, maybe um, tend toward the savory, we're really hoping you'll try these recipes out with us and tell us what you think about these yogurt biscuits and jalapeno cheddar scones. I'm intrigued with 
both of them. I'm a huge biscuit and scone lover. I have to say of the two, I'm a little more trepidatious about the jalapeno scone, although my daughter and my husband are the most excited. My, my daughter, one of her favorite treats is a cheese croissant. So she saw this recipe and she was just, she can't wait. Um, the yogurt biscuit too. I mean, I've had great success when I've cooked anything from Mark Bittman and I usually do um, a buttermilk scone which is very much the same. So I'm interested to try the variation with yogurt here. That's really mm -hmm. intriguing. And yeah, I'm I'm ready for both. Yeah. Um, your daughter's not at all concerned about the jalapeno? She's good? No, she that? likes she likes a little spice. Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. all right. I okay. might go down on the jalapeno just a little bit. But I, you know, I think in the recipe notes, she says she tried it with one jalapeno and like, it was just nothing. Like she maybe shouldn't have even bothered. So the recipe does call for two. Now, I always uh, scrape out seeds when I'm using a jalapeno pepper, mm -hmm. and that cuts down on the heat also. Mm -hmm. But I might go like one and a half jalapenos. Depends on how big they are. There's a big variation in size in those peppers yeah. these days. Yeah, that's true. And I always kind of judge too, like as I start to slice them up, you can, I almost feel like you can smell, you, you can. know, and that's if you true. don't smell anything, it's like, well, there's not a lot of heat there. Whereas if you can really smell them, it's like, oh, these are going to have some good spice to yeah, it. That's a good point. Mm -hmm. So those recipes will be up on our Pinterest as well. And in the show notes, we hope you bake along with us and let us know how it goes for you this week. The next thing we'd like to talk about is some of our Facebook fans' morning favorites. So we posted in our group and asked people to share some of their breakfast favorites. And wow, what a great response we got. I loved it. We they People were, were really active on this thread. We had a few listeners um, that... Well, I, I thought it was interesting, Andrea, that we had quite a bit of our male listeners chiming in on this one. Did you I, notice that? I did notice that. I yeah. thought, well, the guys, the guys must be up early and ready to bake some goods. So Sounds good. Uh, Jeff and Jeremy both went with the rolls. Um, Jeff loves the cinnamon rolls, and Jeremy loves the orange rolls and said his family makes that. Um, we had Andrew talk about a puffed apple pancake that looked really good, and that reminded me of the Dutch baby, and yep. sure enough, then Antone chimed in with the Dutch baby being one of his favorites. Yeah. And um, just to step back to those orange rolls for a little minute, Jeremy had mentioned that he the filling is made with orange juice concentrate, which is really intriguing. Oh. I mean, it's already really sweet and mm -hmm. and easy. I think you had said like great, great breakfast hack. And it's well, yeah, I love I love that idea because I know like at my mom's house, I know she's always got an orange juice concentrate in the freezer. Yeah. Like when I when I grew up, that was a standard. So, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You like only the rich families had like the orange juice <laughs> in the <laughs> box, right? Like <laughs> yes. fresh, yes. fresh orange juice was <laughs> not for our nope. family. No, 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 no. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. Listener Valerie mentioned a French toast casserole. And mm. um, listener Jeff had actually said that he likes the French toast casserole, but made with cinnamon rolls. So yeah, sound great. Yeah. I was intrigued by Lauren. She mentioned scones and she talked about forming them into a tall rope. Yes. And I am trying to imagine this. Do you have a sense of, of what you think she's going after with the the tall rope so you know there's kind of different ways for cutting out or forming scones and um, for example the one we're doing the jalapeno cheddar you kind of pat it into a circle and then and then cut out your kind of like a triangle shape but you know some scones you cut with a biscuit cutter or make into a square and I'm just wondering if these are 
going to be more round when she bakes them off. And so, you know, kind of doing almost like that biscotti-ish log for the first bake. And then that's kind of how I was picturing what she was talking about. Um, Because when I heard rope, I immediately thought twisted. So I thought, I wonder if you're supposed to kind of twist the dough. But I think that was just my sort of reading into it. Um, maybe, Maybe rope just more implies the kind of a long and skinny well, and there's lots of breakfast breads that you you, you would braid as well, yeah, like a yeast yeah. bread. I've never seen that with a scone, but that would be beautiful and really intriguing too. Yeah, so that that definitely intrigued me. Um, and the Smitten Kitchen picture of the jalapeno cheddar scones looks like her photo she did with a biscuit cutter. Um, but I'm used to doing the traditional pat them into a circle and cut them into eighths. And more of a free-form scone yeah. gal as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. um, um, let's see. And, and then, then listener Kristen had something called a, a liege waffle. Do you think oh, that's yeah. how you pronounce that, Andrea? I think so. And she said it really reminded her of home, which is she's from Brussels. And this is like a Belgian waffle, she reports, but has caramelized sugar on it as well. Yeah. I know. Whoa. That sounded really good. I would love love to try that sometime. Yeah, and then Amy listed her coffee cake and kindly gave us her recipe, which I thought was so nice of her. And we love that, listeners. If you're able to share a handwritten recipe with us, we love to see those. Amy reported that coffee cake is more like a cheesecake, to which I replied, no problem. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I, I found that really interesting because in my head, coffee cake, sort of a... A component or an aspect of coffee cake is kind of light and fluffy. And so I was really intrigued by that, that it would have more like a cheesecake texture. Yeah. And since she's put the recipe there, it may well be something to to give a try to. Yeah. Um, and then finally, there's always those mornings when you're like listener Kalina and you reach for the leftover cake. Amen, sister. <laughs> Thank you, Kalina, for the honest truth. Thank you about- for voicing what many of us feel. Yes. Um, I was thinking back about that pumpkin bunt cake that we did in episode two or three and how delicious I thought it was um, at breakfast time. Yeah. And how well, I justified it because there was like pumpkin and nuts in it. So, mm-hmm. Well, and I I love mixing things up as far as the time of day. So even, for example, um, like the jalapeno cheddar scones, when I was looking at this recipe, I haven't decided when I will make it. But I immediately thought to myself, like, oh, these would be good with chili, you know, like in an evening. So I know we're calling it breakfast bakes, but I see no reason to limit your scone eating to morning. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely not. Um. Yeah, so some fun, fun feedback from our listeners. We love to hear from you guys. So thank you for everyone who posted and and let us know what you're baking um, for breakfast this month. Yeah, we can't wait to see your breakfast bakes. We're really enjoying it. So Andrea, I just have a little, little funny I want to share before we um, before we leave today. And I um, am a subscriber to the Seattle Times. I love print journalism and, and I subscribe to so many magazines and newspapers. And in the Sunday Times... There's a small section called Rant and Rave, and it's – I always read it because it's just this fascinating um, uh, conglomeration of people's kind of like daily annoyances and celebrations. And so okay. here's one that really made me think of the preheaters. Here we go. And it's a rant and a rave. Oh. Here we are. <laughs> My husband and I eat out a lot, and when asked, would you like dessert? My response is always, do you have pie? About 95% of the time, the answer is, no, sorry, we don't. 
In a complicated world, it's a simple request. Bring back pie. For restaurants that offer pie, thank you. It's so nice to hear. Yes, we have pie. Andrea, have you been writing to rant and rave? (laughs) That is not me. I am not guilty, but I um, really love that comment. And it's true. You don't see pie much on a menu anymore. And I'm wondering if that's because restaurants are tending more toward the things that are individual servings that they could, you know, pop back in the fridge and do the next night. Yeah, maybe it's a question of waste. Mm-hmm. If if you don't uh. use up all that pie in a, in a day or two, then, you know, you've got you've to get rid of it. Um, but I just love that line, in a complicated world, bring back pie. <laughs> well, and I um, also want to go back to the beginning of her message, which is I am going to rant a little bit about the waiter asking if you want dessert or, you know, just bring me the dessert menu. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't I don't find that to be offensive. Yeah. And I can choose whether or not I want to order it. Um, but, you know, a lot of times they'll say something like, well, did you save any room for yeah. dessert? Mm-hmm. Or are you yes. too, too full for dessert? And, you know, I don't want to be judged on my dessert consumption. <laughs> if If I want dessert, even if I had a big meal, I want dessert. So... The other thing that um, is a rant for me about pie at restaurants, <laughs> this, this, this reader has really tapped into something here. Um, um, so I don't know, several years ago, my husband and I were eating at a restaurant in downtown Seattle. And on the dessert menu, it said something like, the title was like, Grandma's Old Fashioned Apple Pie. And I was like, great, you know, I love apple pie. And when the waitress brought the pie, and I use that term in quotation marks, the pie, I said to her, oh, no, this isn't what I ordered. And she said, oh, yes, this is grandma's homemade pie. And it was like a deconstructed apple pie. And so it was like this, like the crust was like a puff pastry, you know, over here. And then on the other side of the plate was like the apple filling. And I I was like, what is this? This is not grandma's homemade pie. (laughs) I mean, that's an interesting concept, but it's, I agree with you, it's poorly labeled and marketed (laughs) because one might call it a bait and switch. Yeah. Grandma's apple pie should be your traditional apple pie, maybe with, Mm -hmm. you know, a scoop of vanilla ice cream. Yeah. But I take some small comfort in the fact that restaurant is out of business. So, (laughs) I mean, I'm not surprised. Not really. Not really. But anyway. My favorite restaurant pie is um, more of the experience than the flavor, because I don't know that I could even identify the flavor thinking about it. But at Camellia Grill in New Orleans, you can order pecan pie and they heat your slice up on the griddle before they serve it to you. And then, you know, it has the vanilla ice cream on top. And that to me is just so perfect to get a warm piece of pie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that sounds divine. So. Okay, it sounds like we're in agreement with this rant and raver. Bring Mm -hmm. the pie back. In a complicated world, Andrea, just bring back the pie. That sounds like a great motto to me. (laughs) Well, the timer's buzzed and we've got to get to the dishes. Join us next week as we wrap up our breakfast bakes with a tried and two favorite coffee cake. We'll also talk through some local and national baking contests and reveal which ones we've won. Remember, you can find us and our featured recipes on our website, preheatedpodcast.com, on Facebook and Pinterest, and download us on iTunes, where we'd love it if you subscribed to the show and gave us a review, both of which will help other people find us. Until next time, thanks for listening and sweet dreams.
Reheated is written, performed, and edited by Andrea Ballard and Stefan Cohn in association with 24th Floor Productions.